So when we kind of let go and we're like, cool, this isn't actually serving me, I can recognize how this is holding me back in life. I can recognize where this is taking me and I don't want to go there. Then we actually start to look at more, okay, I'm going to create you know, who I want to be and how I want to act now. So it's first letting go, then we kind of create and be really intentional with that. Welcome to the One Up Project. Money is fuel that that allows you to do things. It doesn't need to be taboo. What you don't want to do is wake up at 65 realising you did something you hated and have regret. Go and find people who will give you advice for nothing. This is a space for personal growth and money chat with new perspectives every Monday. This bit of content, listening to this, is going to be a small little breadcrumb of something that makes them think a little bit differently. For all the things we were never taught but should have been. At the end of the day, the most important person is yourself. And if you're not happy with your own choices, then you're never going to be happy. Kia ora everybody and welcome back to another episode of The One Up Project. I've had the beautiful Olivia Chitty on the podcast. She is a certified NLP practitioner, which we talk all about what that actually is and how that works, life coach and business mentor. She's passionate about helping women, specifically overwhelmed and ambitious women, turn fear into freedom. So what this means is using uh, your experience to empower you to create and find the authentic version of yourself. And that's What this episode is mostly about is how can we discover that most authentic and true and whole version of ourself, what that looks like. We talk about being bold, practicing curiosity, vulnerability, discovering your worthiness. We talk about creating that zone of safety in your own emotions and shedding our layers of armor and how we actually do that I think it was cool because Olivia reflected a lot on her own personal experience and some of the things she's gone through in childhood up until now and how she's had to navigate discovering who she is but like un unlearning those beliefs she's typically had something she said in the podcast which I reflect on is that our beliefs are just perceptions of past experiences which speaks to the fact that they're not always true and that they're not truth they are just simply a perception of an experience so I'm really looking forward to hearing from you what you think and how this episode that combines mindset spirituality and solid strategy can help you create the life that you want so very grateful for Olivia coming onto the podcast and sharing her experiences I will leave all of her details down below and let the personal growth begin Olivia thank you so much for giving us your time today very excited to jump into it I know that you are a certified NLP practitioner life coach and business mentor it seems often within this coaching space there are a lot of words that people might not typically understand and so I'd love for you to give us an insight into who you are as a coach but also what an NLP practitioner actually is and means to you. Yes well first of all thank you so much for having me for this conversation today and to hello to everyone listening Um, and you're exactly right I remember when I was first kind of stepping into the personal development world and learning about spirituality and all these things it was just like what is this even mean? What is a quantum leap? What is NLP? And all of these kind of jargon words. So I understand it can be, um, yeah, a little bit confusing. So NLP, uh, what it stands for. So neuro is talking about, you know, your neurology. So the mental and emotional component of our neurology. Linguistic, um, 
So yeah, neuro-linguistic programming. Linguistic is more about like the language. So the, how we speak to ourselves, how we communicate with others, um, how we sort of make sense of things, the meanings we attach to different things, what we associate to different behaviors or different actions. So it's kind of the, yeah, the way we make sense of things. And then the programming side of it is more about how you, if you kind of perceive your mind as this like operating system, kind of like, you know, you think about a computer and it's got all of these, um, you know, it's got the system that keeps things moving. We have that in our brain. So it's kind of a combination of our past experiences, our thoughts, our emotions, how different things um, have affected us and shaped who we are, what we believe, what we value. And it's kind of understanding that sort of map in your mind, how you see the world, how you see the self, how you see yourself and what that, how that can either liberate you in life and kind of support you in moving forward or how it can kind of hold you back and sort of keep you stuck. So what I do as an NLP practitioner is really helping people understand what is going on up there, like what has shaped them, what has made them who they are today and how we can see what blocks have been formed from certain past experiences, how we can overcome those blocks, how we can create better beliefs and reprogram their um, mindset basically to support them in moving forward and achieving their goals and reaching their potential and creating a life that feels fulfilling. So it's um, a psychology-based method and a set of techniques that really helps people kind of take control of their mind. So rather than like they're reacting to their thoughts and their emotions, they can really take charge of that themselves and they can really use that to their advantage. So yeah, it's very empowering and it's kind of, it's, there's quite a lot to it. So that's kind of a little brief summary. Yeah, I feel like you've summarized that so perfectly. And also it is something, an area that I'm sure is so exciting and interesting to learn about when it comes to others. I mean, that's definitely, or I, I love understanding how other people kind of communicate with themselves and why they do that as a result of what they've been through. And it definitely sounds like an extremely internal uh, process where you're having to do a lot of reflection I suppose on your own life and how other people's I guess influences on you have impacted the way you think about Mm. yourself yeah yeah 100% I mean a lot of the the way we do think and the way we kind of act in the world has been influenced by you know our parents how we were brought up you know our teachers just society in general the media it's all kind of shaped us and programmed or conditioned us to be a certain way it's taught us you know what is good what is bad what is right what is wrong and we just kind of accept that as normal and when we're sort of you know growing up in life and when we're young our brain is like this emotional sponge it's kind of just absorbing all of this information trying to figure out how to sort of be in the world and how to how to act and what is accepted and what is not. And that really shapes us. And we just kind of move through life um, with that being our normal um, until later on we kind of realize part of that doesn't feel good to us. It doesn't actually feel liberating. It feels more constricting. We might feel like we're kind of trapped in these boxes and, you know, we have to be a certain way to keep the peace or to um, gain people's acceptance or to make sure other people are comfortable, but it's actually neglecting ourselves and what feels good to us or 
our health, our well-being and our fulfillment. So it's kind of at this, you know, sort of I like to call it the quarter life crisis um, time of life where people sort of start to question and recognize, okay, these certain things are working for me. These certain things are not working for me. I need to sort of let this go, um, unlearn a whole lot, question why I do this, why I think this and actually come back to, you know, my own truth, come back to what is really a belief of mine what is really a value that I have chosen rather than what has just been like given to me or like placed upon me so it's yeah it's self-exploration yeah and that takes a lot of work to do I've just turned 25 last week so I can absolutely relate to the oh happy birthday thank you (laughs) um aspect of things where I'm like all right now's the time I need to do like the full reflection on everything that's ever influenced my life and who I show up as because showing up as your most authentic self and your whole self is actually incredibly difficult and a lot of the time you might not be conscious of who that person is or how to get to a place where you are living as that person if you could summarize the most high level example of a typical blockage or pathway that holds people back like what would you say like what is something that you just see time and time again within your own clients from being their authentic self Mm. yeah it always comes back to worthiness honestly like everything (laughs) comes back to worthiness like underneath these you know kind of secondary beliefs like okay I'm not smart enough for this or I can't relax or I should do this and I should do that always comes back to Um, their sense of worth, their self-worth, or that feeling of being enough or not being enough. So it's usually sort of past experiences. Um, For example, um, one that is really, really common is like women who have just kind of created the strategy of um, doing or pleasing or giving or striving and achieving, you know, all of these external things, they're putting all their energy into that. And that is their method of like proving that they are worthy. And that is their method of being like, okay, cool, I can get this validation that makes me feel good. It makes me feel accepted. It makes me, you know, people celebrate me if I achieve a certain level of success or if I have the six pack or, you know, all of those external things. And that's because when they were younger, their parents maybe put a lot of their attention into like their grades or how well they did at sport or, you know, those extracurricular activities. And it's kind of like, that's how they received um, love. That's how they got attention from their parents was if they did, if they, yeah, did, if they got good results, for example, rather than just being them, rather than just living, being creative or laughing or playing. And it's not like giving or doing something to get that love. So a lot of people kind of, have this understanding that they're not worthy for just being them and so they have to constantly you know burn themselves out basically by just going and you know doing and striving doing all these things to try and prove that for themselves and it's not necessarily authentic um to them it's not those things that they actually really love it's not because of passion that they're doing it it's not because of joy or fulfillment it's because they have to prove to feel accepted and it's really sad and I'm seeing it so often this is women just like burning themselves out um and it's yeah coming back to building up that self-worth so they don't have to like use that strategy they already know that they are worthy no matter what everyone is worthy 
it's not you know how much money you have it's not what um you know what your salary is or how good your body is how fit you are but a lot of the time that's what we subconsciously kind of um tell ourselves is like you're worthy if you have that you're worthy when um and that really really stops people from expressing themselves authentically I find that typically when people talk about trying to live as your authentic self, it seems like what stops us from doing that, as you sort of mentioned and spoken about already, is those layers of expectations and shoulds that are placed upon us, whether that's within childhood or along our lives at some point. But the Mm -hmm. big, like, I always have in my head is like, how do you then find in air quotes your authentic self or is it building your authentic self like which one is it are we removing layers to go back to who we actually are or are we trying to discover and rebuild this new person who we are Mm. I honestly think it's a bit of both so firstly definitely removing and letting go of the things that don't belong to us the beliefs the values the expectations the shoulds that don't belong to us that we've kind of just picked up through life you know how society works from our parents teachers you know friends we all just kind of accept certain things and take them on as our own but when we actually um you know where I kind of start with my clients for example is like we look at all of their limiting beliefs, where they've actually come from, who gave them to them. You know, we figure out what we can actually, some of those experiences are uncomfortable, but we want to figure out what we can actually learn from those experiences. So how certain struggles have given us strength or, for example, um, they learnt a way of behaving uh, behaving from their parents. So they learnt a strategy um you know, for example, managing conflict from their parents. They observed how they, um, you know, approached those types of conversations and they sort of just, all right, that's how you do it. I'm going to take that on board. Um, And I pick up these sort of methods and it's figuring out, like kind of looking at how that has worked out for them. And a lot of the time when they sort of take this more zoomed out perspective and look at those, you know, ways of approaching things, um, which are influenced by the belief, Um, they recognize that it doesn't lead to the kind of life that they actually want. They can recognize that maybe they now see their parents approach things in this way, but it resulted in arguments. It resulted in disconnection or fake friendships rather than deep and real genuine friendships. So they can kind of learn from those experiences in different ways and choose whether or not they want to continue down that path or they can create a new path for themselves Um, that is more fulfilling and more aligned. So that's when, so they do a lot of the letting go, kind of invalidating, trying to find the proof that this thought is actually a fact, that it's actually, um, you know, it's not, it's never going to be backed up by evidence. Our beliefs are all um, just perceptions based on our past experiences. So when we kind of let go and we're like, cool, this isn't actually serving me, I can recognize how this is holding me back in life. I can recognize where this is taking me and I don't want to go there. Then we actually start to look at more, okay, I'm going to create, you know, who I want to be and how I want to act now. So it's first letting go, then we kind of create and be really intentional with that because we have this opportunity now. It's a sort of turning point where you can, rather than being like this character in a story, you can become the author of the story. You write your path. Who, Which character do you want to be? Do you want to be a victim of circumstance 
or do you want to be a creator of change? Like you have the option, the choice to write how you live, to write, you know, how you act in the story, how your path moves forward. Um, so you can get creative with it. So that's where a lot of people stop. They kind of stop their negative thoughts and negative beliefs, like whether it's, you know, I'm not good enough or anything like that. They'll kind of stop them. And that's just where it ends. That's where they don't know how to move forward. So the next point to really be like able to embrace your authentic self is validating yourself. So I am worthy of this. Having fun is just as um, just as valuable as, you know, working hard, for example, or, um, you know, I am worthy to express my needs, my feelings in, you know, relationships, whatever those kind of things are that are going to help you step more into your authentic self and your authentic way of being and relating with people. And then it's kind of considering how you can approach certain situations differently to what you have, which might be stepping into um, a place of um, unfamiliarity, doing something a little bit different, but it's going to lead to more connection, more fulfillment, and it's going to bring you a lot of benefit on the other side of that short-term discomfort. And the more and more you take those kind of small, scary steps at first, the more you will be comfortable and feel confident showing up as your authentic self in all different ways and all different situations. I hope that makes sense. That makes sense. I know that's a, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's um, sometimes I'm like, am I, uh, is this like easy for people to understand? It like makes sense in my mind. I can like see it very clearly, but um, obviously this is like what I'm doing every day. So let me know if you want me to dive into anything a little bit more. No, I think you pave a really clear path actually. Like you take us on a journey of being able to see how one thing affects another. I think my question for you within all of that is have you struggled with worthiness yourself absolutely yeah definitely so for those that don't know what I look like I have brown skin um, I'm half Colombian half Kiwi and I grew up in this small town in um, New Zealand called Oakura, um in Taranaki and it was I remember when I was really young, I was like five years old, and I remember feeling ashamed of my skin color. It was it was like, this was bad. This was less than. This was something to be ashamed of. I felt really embarrassed. And um, for, for a certain, for a moment there, I thought I was, someone asked me like, oh, are you, are you moldy? And I was, I was like, yeah, I, I think so. I just didn't understand. So like that kind of um, judgment, like, I don't even know, like, it's crazy to think that a five-year-old can feel ashamed and, uh, you know, about your physical appearance, about your skin color at such a young age, but it just was this sort of, there was certain judgment going through even at, even at that age. And I could feel that I was maybe less worthy than, the white people at my school and that really affected me and I kind of did sort of shrink myself a little bit I didn't feel like I was on the same level as them I was um yeah I was my last name is Chitty Olivia Chitty it kind of sounds like shitty I have brown skin so there was like bullying that really made me feel okay this is yeah this is a part of me that's just not acceptable you know what I mean so that was something that really made me feel extremely unworthy when I was younger um, eventually those sorts of experiences really started to build my resilience and strength and like it built, it really strengthened my backbone to like 
stick up for myself and to just be more unapologetic and to own who I am, whatever those differences were. Um, but for a long time in my youth, it really affected me. And also like growing up, my family didn't have, we weren't really financially um, well off. Like we did struggle with money at certain points of, of our life. And so sometimes when I would see, um, for example, my friends, I'd go to their birthday parties and I'd see they would have these you know, they would have like a new iPod or something like that, like these fancy gadgets. And I'd be like, wow, that's amazing. And I wouldn't have those sorts of things, not because I wasn't worthy of it. It was just because our financial situations were different. And that was something that also really affected me for a long time, more so than the skin thing actually was just like that worthy worthiness of being, um, yeah, am I, am I someone that is worthy of like luxury? Am I worthy of money? Am I worthy of you know, having these things or living in a nice place and things like that. So I've had to do a lot of work to um, reprogram my beliefs around those sorts of things and to create safety around asking for those things or receiving certain things and actually um, softening into rather than kind of forcing and like hustling and uh, really trying to like um, pressure those things to become, you know, reality in my world rather than actually leaning back more into my sort of feminine energy and allowing myself to receive and welcome these things and to actually just embody the feeling and energy of being worthy so they can flow into my life rather than like more of that sort of masculine approach which is like the hustle the force the control that's more of the unworthiness um, strategy of getting those those sorts of things yeah I mean that is a horrible experience in all honesty and I'm really sorry that you had to go through that especially at such a young age I think what makes me feel like what I think about when you talk um when you explain that story and that experience is how sad it is that in the background of your young five-year-old Olivia mind you were using those experiences Mm. as like subconscious beliefs for building an idea around who you are and you don't even consciously know you're doing it because you're five we're not Mm. not focusing on personal development and um, (laughs) personal growth at five years old understandably and I think that it's just so uh, upsetting to know that young Olivia was subconsciously developing this idea of who she was before she could even put those labels on herself and for Mm. herself and you had mentioned that you you mentioned safety and Mm. I wonder how you went about creating that safety within yourself when it didn't exist outside of you um, and when you had all of those labels and a version of yourself placed upon you before you could even recognize what the true version of yourself actually is. Safety. Yeah. Safety is a word that I use a lot. Um, And with my first kind of approach back in the day when I was trying to, you know, just get on through and um, navigate probably my, my school life was definitely more of just sort of 
uh, fake it till you make it, like that sort of confidence, like just putting on a strong suit of armor. But deep down inside, I would be like, uh, you know, I don't know, am I am I good enough here? You know, I was, I'll just kind of put on that exterior, but which actually does kind of help to a, to an extent. But it's not like the be all and end all. It wasn't. It wasn't until I started really going through therapy and counseling and doing my own coaching where I really started to understand like how you can create safety from your for yourself within and to actually feel worthy from within rather than um, validating it with all these external things so like I've been saying before is really working on the beliefs around certain things for example like why did I not feel worthy it was because you know with the money example for for example first is like I'm not worthy because I don't have X amount of money. And so that creates this like, I'm not enough, but it's like, where does it actually come from? Like, what is enough money? Like, where, like, who sets that metric? Where does that standard even come from? And you start questioning those things. You realize, okay, it's mostly just from, you know, society and that kind of pressure that sort of lives within and it kind of creates this rat race to success, for example. But when you actually disconnect from that and ask yourself, like, what is my definition of, like, worthy or, or good enough? What is good enough to me, not in the eyes of society or in the eyes of my parents or my past teachers? What is good enough to me? First of all, when you ask yourself that question, um, you know, the, what is good enough? All these things might come to mind, like the this amount of my bank account, you know, I'm maybe married, I've got a house, I've got these sorts of things. And then you're like, oh, that's so materialistic. Like, that's really not what is good enough to me. And then you actually think a bit deeper and it's like, well, I'm happy, I'm doing my best and that, and I'm being true to myself. I'm doing what makes me feel alive I'm speaking my truth I am taking care of my mental health my physical health my emotional health I'm you know being present with my loved ones like all of those things uh like that to me is more like that's good enough and I'm and then you realize like I'm actually already doing all of that so therefore I am good enough like I am worthy to me you know what I mean and if no one out if other people don't see it that way that's on them that's their own issue and if they want to if they choose to see me as not good enough or you know they want to judge me for doing certain things or prioritizing things differently or valuing other things that are different to their own values that just means that that person isn't meant to be in my world you know what I mean not everyone is going to like you not everyone is going to celebrate you um, and support you and that's okay because um, you know then we yeah we basically just would all be like robots doing the exact same thing. It's like we have our people, certain people won't resonate with you and that's okay. Just put your energy into the people that will actually add value to your life, that will encourage you, that will expand you, that will support you and inspire you. So um, it's just managing where you kind of put your energy as well. It's not trying to be, um, to control people's like perception of you or how much people like you and it's choosing like where you really want to put your energy into and it's like the the right places that are actually important to you and the people that are actually important to you and that just kind of allows you to sort of um yeah just be just do you basically what is good enough to you personally so before like when I was younger it would have been when I was lacking self-worth my best would have been like I have to be you know, 100% productive, consistent, energized, positive every single day. So I would put this like really heavy expectation on myself to just be like, you know, 
kind of um, a robot, basically. I'd be like a human doing, you know, rather than a human being. So I would just expect myself to be like 100% go, 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 good, happy girl, positive all the time. And now I see that as it's okay to really be different on every single day. So you might be, um, for example, you might have your period, you might feel low energy, you might feel sleepy, you might have cramps going on. So like you can still be doing your best and that can look completely different when you're in ovulation, for example. Um, You know, I'm talking about the menstrual cycle stuff right now, which has really helped me a lot in my life and like finding my worth was actually reconnecting with my body in that way. Um, so yeah, when you're more energized in your ovulation phase, that's when you might be able to put more out externally. So you might feel more confident. You might feel like you can go harder at the gym, da, da, da. So your best will be maybe a little bit more, um, energetic that day. So it's just accepting that, um, yeah, it's doing your best at staying true to yourself. It's, um, you know, living with intention and purpose and actually consciously like creating the life that you want rather than just kind of existing and letting life happen to you. Um, I'm someone that really, I don't want to have regrets. I really want to like take those scary steps and really follow my heart and do the things that will expand me and will really light me up. And I just, yeah, that that's good enough. If I'm doing those things, if I'm being scared, if I'm staying too much in my comfort zone and I'm just like, I don't know, just, just, just being like, um, if I get too too comfy, then I get a little bit concerned. I like to experience. What is good enough to you? What's good yeah, enough? Am to I allowed me? to ask questions too? Think, yeah, absolutely. It's like the unwritten rule of podcasting: the guest can't ask the host any questions. Um, no, of course. Yeah. So for me, I think good enough. Look, this is a great question. I think good enough to me is similar in the sense that I try to make a conscious choice every day when I get up to be the best version of myself. So Mm. that doesn't mean that I have to every day be the best version of myself, but I have to at least make a decision to try to be that person. And if Mm. I fall behind and I don't quite hit every mark for every area of my life that day, that doesn't mean that I have not done enough and I am not good enough in that day because I still made the conscious choice to show up and I think to me it's about the choice more than it is about the result and that's what I would call good enough to me yeah 100% yes I really love that um the choice it's about the choice rather than the result because that reminds me of kind of like the fixed mindset versus growth mindset and how each of those mindsets are developed so this would be like a good tip for everyone is, um, you know, especially for, for parents out there, if you have children, um, rather than praising your kids on doing like on getting a good mark or on, you know, the end result, praise them on the effort, praise them on like the energy that they put into it, the practice, like that's really developing someone with a growth mindset. Um, it's not putting them into a box of either they're, they're good at something or they're bad at something that's very limiting. Um, so rather than the, the result or the outcome, praise the effort, the energy gone into it, that's encouraging someone to keep on trying and learning and pivoting. Um, yeah. So just a quick little thing that, that inspired me there. I think a common theme through a lot of what you're talking about seems to be vulnerability, the importance of vulnerability, which so many of us understand on a surface level or a high level vulnerability is important, but 
actually vulnerability is hard and I'm sure you see this with so many of your Mm. clients where vulnerability is painful it can be traumatic it's very difficult (laughs) and it takes a lot of inner work and you've spoken about that armor and shedding that armor I think vulnerability Mm. is almost a skill to work on in a way like how have you seen that reflected in in yourself and your own clients when it comes to learning how to shed that armor Mm, absolutely it is um it is scary it is scary as hell to let down that armor for a lot of people to bring the walls down to take off the mask to let people in like it's it's raw you know what I mean it feels like you're just standing there naked to a lot of people and I've felt that before as well um and it's yeah even even recently like I have times where I'm like so incredibly open and expressive and I'll I'm not I'm someone who really doesn't like to just talk about the good stuff you know what I mean and to especially on in the online space on my Instagram I don't just want to be showing the highlight reel and it's been like look at my beautiful Bali life and it's all sunshine and rainbows all the time you know what I mean like I don't want to play into that kind of like toxic positivity and um yeah pretending like there is no ups and downs in life because that's not realistic. So I really put in a lot of effort to to be vulnerable and to share certain things that I'm navigating um, emotionally, whatever it might be. It might be like a business struggle or, or you know, relationship thing or, or whatever. I'll try to share that. And it does feel like uncomfortable sharing that more so for me online. Like a, I'm completely comfortable being vulnerable with like people in my personal life but I guess just online it's just a lot more there's a lot of people looking at you there's a lot of strangers for me that's to me that's where I feel most like it feels most unsafe and the reason for that is I've kind of looked at you know the beliefs in this myself is you know I'm a coach I am helping people make the most of their life, build a better mindset. So I should be, this is, you know, a story that's popped into my mind. I should be great all the time. I should always have it all together. I should always be like 100% productive and happy and you know what I mean? But it's like that is absolutely bullshit because I'm human. But that was a belief, that was a thought that was coming into my mind that was creating this like constriction of me showing up fully and vulnerably and authentically. So I, that was one of the angles that stopped me from being vulnerable. Another thing, well, it didn't stop me because I still showed up and did it. Um, and then I, I created safety by taking that step. And the more and more I do share, the more I, evidence I get that it's safe and accepted and it's encouraged and loved. And I build so many more deeper connections and actually attract more clients who resonate with my story. Another one that came into mind was like, my family, for example, and this is something I see with lots of my clients as well, like this is really common. They, their family didn't really know how to have the emotional conversations when someone was having like a, a tough time or, you know, they were just really struggling. They kind of just kept it to themselves. So uh, maybe they tried in the past to bring bring something um, to, you know, their parents and there was no space. They didn't really know how to deal with it. They were just like, oh, stop crying or it'll be fine. And just sort of like brushing, you know, their feelings and their emotions to the side. Um, so they just learn, okay, it's not safe for me to like share those things and to be vulnerable because I get rejected. So it's like, that's this protection. It's like, okay, I'm just going to pretend I'm all good, wear this armor because it's protection from the rejection. So instead we want to actually practice how we can actually 
accept whether someone does actually, you know, quote unquote, reject you, but it's more understanding like why they are not able to have those kind of conversations. It's not about you. It's not something personal. And a lot of the time we take things personal. It's like, oh, they don't care about me. They don't support me. But it's actually understanding they just don't have um, the capacity to really work through their own emotions. So therefore, how can they have the conversations with me about mine? So you kind of recognize a lot of it is actually more at those rejection, the things that people hurt you, that people say and do is more about them. It's less about you. So then it kind of creates, again, more of that safety. It's like, um, I'm. it doesn't mean that I am not loved and accepted, even if they don't know how to have that conversation with me or they don't know how to support me when I am vulnerable or they're not willing to meet me at that vulnerable stage because it's scary for them. It's not because they don't want to connect with me. It's scary for them. And that helps you also um, not take things personally and help other people step into their vulnerability too. Um, so with that example, um, you know, that was my reality when I was younger. I didn't feel like there was much space for me to sort of bring my emotions and my problems to my parents and family. They were very, very busy with work. They were always stressed. So I felt like me bringing those things to them would be a burden on them. So I learned to be this kind of strong, independent woman. She's got this suit of armor. She's doing everything um, for herself. She knows how to take care of herself. It builds resilience. It builds strength. But what it does is it really stopped me from being vulnerable when I'd constantly keep people at arm's length so they couldn't actually get to know me. And so I'd have friends, but I wouldn't really, and I'd have these connections, but I wouldn't really have like deep soul connections where it's like we really, really knew each other. And I really could, um, you know, say, oh, I'm having a bad time. Like I really need to lean into support. I just wouldn't allow myself to do that. But the more and more I practice that vulnerability, and that was a conscious choice of mine was to be like vulnerability equals connection. Vulnerability equals um, deeper understanding. It, equals support it equals love encouragement so I create all these positive associations to vulnerability rather than the default one which was burden weakness unsafe and you start to manifest that you know you focus on that side that energy you start to expect that in return and it and it just happens and you get more and more like hard cold evidence that it's safe it's good it's okay to be vulnerable we need to be vulnerable otherwise we're going to be actually really alone I think one of the most powerful things you can do for yourself is to create a safety zone within your own mind because then your mm. resilience increases so much beyond what you ever thought you were capable um, of or could be capable of and I think through that zone of safety within your own emotions you need to find that worthiness somehow. You need to practice vulnerability. And practice is a key word, it seems like, within all of this, is that mm, yeah. you will have to practice it. And some probably all of these things won't come naturally because you haven't quite, as we've spoken about earlier, discovered or knew at all who you were initially, who your authentic self actually is, what beliefs exist within your mind that might be holding you back. And to come back to a quote that you had said at the start of the episode, which I've written down because I thought it was just so good, is our beliefs are perceptions of past experiences. So it doesn't necessarily represent truth. Would you agree with that? Mm. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, perceptions influenced by yeah, a collection of past experiences. So 
everyone's everyone's is going to be different it's not it's not a hard cold fact there's usually no evidence backing it up you know what I mean but the more and more we experience something the more validated that belief is and we tend to actually validate those beliefs ourselves unconsciously as well by creating situations and how we show up in situations that continually um you know validate like that I'm not accepted or it validates oh you know I shouldn't do this because what's the point you know what I mean like we kind of unconsciously create those situations and we create these cycles and patterns for ourselves to validate our beliefs because we're afraid of certain things so it's like a little protection mechanism and it's it's actually self-sabotage so it's identifying those things and um yeah as I said before is like create consciously choose letting go of the old pathways um the old beliefs, values that don't belong and really choosing to create what you want to carry with you forward, what feels really good to you, what feels in alignment, what actually lights you up, what's going to keep you motivated. Um, And it's not like it is thinking through things, but it's also, um, you know, connecting with your body again and like feeling into what is best for you because a lot of the time we are so in our head um, and sometimes that's when we can just tend to overthink things and overanalyze things. So it's also just being more in your body, being more present, like in the now. And that can really help you just um, enjoy life, being more authentic as yourself as well. So there's there's both sides of that. It's like the, uh, the mental side. It's also the somatic side, jump, really coming into your body um, and also releasing a lot of the... Um, anxiety that we we hold in our body and a lot of the trauma that we hold in our body from those past experiences to sort of create a fresh energy that flows through us and can come through and how we show up each day. What are some tools that you use now to connect back to yourself but also to make that conscious choice I guess to have the capacity to make that conscious choice every day to show up as your authentic self and your whole truth? Mm, I think it is really acknowledging why if you do feel constricted or you feel sort of held back from doing something it's it's always questioning things for me I'm so curious about the world and um, myself and what goes in my mind I'm constantly just like asking okay why am I thinking this like where where has this come from? What's going on here? Like I'm, I'm, I am questioning those things. I, I go back to my limiting belief exercise kind of all the time, just in my mind. But I do have like this <laughs> spreadsheet which helps people kind of see it Love and it. work through the different different steps. But for me, I just kind of like quickly go through this process in my mind. Um, you know, for example, that one I shared on, oh, I'm a coach, so I have to be this way. Therefore, I can't be vulnerable online because people were people won't want to work for me. So I'll work through that belief from all the angles. I'll offer myself a new pathway. I'll validate that new belief. I'll consider a better approach and I'll consciously choose that new approach because I've created safety by looking at all the positive outcomes I'll be able to experience. So it's like if I show up online authentically, even if I'm not like having a sunshine and rainbows day, maybe I am going through navigating um, something tough. For example, you know, my partner dealing with some um, health issues and I'm supporting him feeling a little bit, you know, tired, you know, whatever, how am I navigating that? So I will share that vulnerably, but it's not like poor me. I'll share it in in a way where it's like, 
this is my reality right now. This is what I'm doing to support myself and to support my partner through this. So I'm actually still helping people through as well. I'm still like educating people. I'm being, you know, truthful. And it's also helping people recognize like for themselves, if they're business owners, um, you know, that they don't have to put on this like perfect mask every day. It's not about being this like, um, you know, perfectly curated sort of presentation of yourself. It's just like show up and be real and you'll really be met with a lot of encouragement, a lot of connection, a lot of love. Like I constantly get, you know, validated that my belief is validated in that all the time by just doing it, by taking, making that choice, sharing the thing, talking about the thing, you know, being just being real, real talk. <laughs> I constantly just like align with that real talk, real talk, just be a real human. <laughs> the world would be so much better if we could just do that. Absolutely. I think you are such a amazing reflection of that. And it comes through, I mean, I obviously follow you on Instagram and, and watching what you're doing. And I think it comes through so authentically that you do have that connection with yourself. And just some of the themes you've spoken about um, around curiosity, questioning the thoughts that you have and not accepting them as truth, practicing vulnerability and actually developing the skill of looking inwards and helping others to also embrace that vulnerability as well and discovering Mm. your own worthiness, which is a block for so many of us to be able to go forward and do the things that we do. Um, They really resonate. And I think that so many of us will be able to take so much from this episode so where can the people find you Olivia tell us tell us all the places in which we can find your beautiful self yes um I mainly hang out on Instagram which is at balanced by Olivia so you can come and connect with me there I'd love to you know hear from you in the DMs if you would want to let me know you know what you got out of this episode today or just if you resonated with anything I love connecting with new people um and yeah I mean you'll find all my links on my in my Instagram bio so that'll take you on a little exploration I have some freebies in there different things to explore and if you want to work with me then yeah hit me up thank you Olivia for your time and for jumping on here I'm more than appreciative of all the learnings that you're you've shared with us but also your own personal experiences that you not only have shared here but continue to share online And I'm looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts on this episode. Mm, Thank you so much for having me. It's been, yeah, a really awesome conversation. I really hope it has helped people, given them a little bit of safety, made them feel a little bit more comfortable to just be themselves and to start practicing that. And yes, it is kind of like creating a habit. You know what I mean? You, You put energy into it, you repeat something, it feels more comfortable. It becomes more of just like a default autopilot action so I really hope that just those small little steps you can take um, you know from today and little insights you can apply in your own life will really support you and uh, I promise you'll be met with so much um, yeah so much beauty for doing that thank you so much for listening to this episode of the one up project if you want to find more stuff just like this check out other apps or follow us at the one up project on instagram or tiktok see you there